to be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. So here we are, officially 2023, which just is it, incredible. I was watching those video announcements, and the idea that I have a 30-year-old son almost is just surreal. It's just surreal. I can't, I can't believe it. So Donna and I have been in in church ministry in one shape, form, or fashion for a very long time. 30 years. <laughs> Somebody have some insure or something I can... We've seen a lot of trends. See, when we first got in it, it was a, it was a choir thing. You know, we had these... We led a choir, and they all had on matching magenta robes. Y'all don't know nothing about a magenta choir robe. And we sang the Brooklyn Tabernacle and Christ Church Choir, and it was just, it was so good. So good. And, and then all of a sudden, the, the robes started disappearing, and, and we started replacing pianos with guitars, and, and it was just a different sort of season. And, and, and here's what happens. As long as people are involved, things change, right? It, it, but there are some things that never change, that never ever change. So when I stood up here a few weeks ago and I said, I, I genuinely want to pursue Christ in my own life in a way I never have before, I want you to know that that was genuine. That's not just something that I'm saying to get our church excited about the new year. But here's what I really hope is that some of you, all of you, all of you would go on this journey with me. And that's what these last few weeks have been all about. And if you notice, last week we talked about the pursuit of purpose. And if, if you pay close attention to our logo, there's those three words right underneath. And it says purpose, passion, and people. And I genuinely believe that this idea of pursuit is going to tie into all of those. So last week we talked about the pursuit of purpose, so you could probably guess what we're going to talk about today. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Father, we love you. We are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your church, and we are thankful for your people. Help us today to look in your word. Teach us how to pursue Christ with passion. Amen. You'll seek me, and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jesus said it in another way. People were asking him what the most important commandments were, and there were hundreds of them. You know, we started with 10 and it turned into 670, I think. And so people were saying, Jesus, what's the most important one? If I can just keep one, which one should it be? Matthew 20, 22 says, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
and all your mind. You'll seek me. Jeremiah said, you'll seek me. You'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I weep at the apathy of the North American church. Do we as a, as a, as a body, do we seek God do we love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind? The word is passion. So let me give you a, let me define it for you. So you hear that word passion and you think romance. You think wine and roses and fancy dinners. That word passion literally means an intent desire. So if, if we talk about pursuing Christ with passion, what we're saying is that above all other desires, my desire is for Him. Let me see if I can illustrate that. So, before Donna came into my life, there was a season where I pursued other females. I'm going to walk over here. And, and y'all, I've always been ADD, but I really was then. I really, really was. And, and, and it was funny, I would... Uh, I can remember this one girl that I wanted to go out with forever and forever. And I was like, man, I really want to go out with her. And, and she had her best friend call me to ask me to ask her to go to her prom. <laughs> that should have been warning, number one, right? And so we, and I, and we got in, and it was just not. I remember just getting so easily distracted. And that doesn't mean there weren't fine young ladies. It just, it just wasn't there. But I've been pursuing her for almost 40 years. Am I still pursuing you? Okay. Do with that what you will. Why her? Why when all of the others, not like there was that many actually, but just, just saying, why her? Because something happened. She answered the phone. No. Some, something happened. Something happened. I fell in love with her. You see, I think we, we talk about pursuing Jesus. And that's not step one, y'all. These Bible studies that these girls are talking about, the ones we're going to do with our men this year, the, all the sermon series that we're going to do, all of the classes we're going to teach, and all the outreaches we want to do, all of that doesn't mean very much till we're in love. Love is the benchmark of a passionate pursuit. So b before we talk about 
all the church stuff that we're going to do this year and all the places we want to go and the things that we want to see accomplished, are we in love with Jesus? Well, Dwayne, I, I can't really say I, I got stuff in my life that doesn't belong. Get in line. That's, that wasn't the question. The question wasn't, do you have your act together? The question is, are you in love with Jesus? Have you recognized the fact that God so loved this world that he gave his only son? Maybe. And, and y'all, this is what, what I'm going to share with you now. This is what we usually do at the end to, to get people to come to the altar. But I, I got to have this thought in your mind for the rest of the sermon. Maybe the reason there's no passion in your pursuit of Christ is that your love has grown cold. Maybe you just don't love Jesus like you used to. Maybe that's why worship is challenging. Maybe that's why you have to make yourself open your Bible. Maybe that's why you have to make yourself come to church sometimes. Maybe. And I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm, I'm saying these words because I love you. Maybe it's your love for Jesus has grown cold. Jesus wrote letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation. And in almost all of them, there's this pattern. There's this pattern where he's like, you've got some things that you're doing right. You, you. And he wrote a letter to the book at Ephesus, and he said, you know what? You, you guys looked apart. You, you're taking care of people. You're, you're, you're doing some stuff. And he said, I have this against you. He said, you don't love me. And you don't love each other like you used to. <laughs> so what I want to submit to you before we talk about all the ways that we need to try to pursue Christ. Are you in love with Jesus? And if you're not, you either don't know or you've forgotten what he's done for you. I don't, I don't ever want to forget. <laughs> fell in love with Jesus when I was a teenager. And you know, I've, I like you just because I've got, because I stand up here on stage don't mean that I don't have seasons of my life where I'm, I'm up and down because, of, you know, that's, y'all okay with that, by the way? Problem is, you ought to write this down. I can't love someone I don't know. See, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with Donna because of those chocolate brown eyes that just make me... Sp I need a minute. Even though they do. I, she's beautiful. That, and that's what got me in the door. You know what made me pursue her? I learned who, who she was. I learned her heart. Listen, and, and this is, sounds so judgmental and so harsh, and I don't mean it that way, but if you don't love Jesus, you just don't know him. You just don't know him. There's no way you could see who he is, and there's no way you could understand what he's done. There's no way you could see Jesus and know Jesus and not be crazy in love with him. 
See, I don't want to love Jesus because I, I want to know Jesus because I love him. Paul said those same words. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him. I want to share in his death. Is, is that sort of like for better, for worse, till death do us part? So I, 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 just, I just want that to be in the background of your mind as we go through the sermon today. Do I love Jesus? Not are you, am I a great church member? Not do I give enough money? Not do I serve on the, on the right team? Not any of that. Are you in love with Jesus? Not all the ways you failed him. Not all the things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. Not all the things that you should have done that you didn't. Are you in love with Jesus? Isn't it funny? Maybe not funny, ha-ha. How the enemy has this way of putting distractions and affections and other passions in our path to take us away from who Jesus is and, and our primary passion. Write this down. Jesus doesn't have to be your only passion, but he's got to be your primary passion. He's got to be the passion that every other desire in your life and in mine has got to be filtered through. Jesus is okay with you having other desires because he gave them to you, by the way. The psalmist said that God gives us the desires of our heart. Does that mean I can pray for a brand new F-150 King Ranch? And it's parked outside. Is that what that means? No. It means when you, when you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, when you put God first, he changes what your heart desires. So all of those desires in your life, they, they have an origin that's godly. Are we all adults in here? Your sexual desires. How many know God's way works? The, your desire for money and success, your, your, your desire for some of y'all fasting, so your desire for food, all of those things have a godly source. And it's okay to have those desires as long as Jesus is our primary desire. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. I talked about this last week, but I wanted to show you a picture. It's a wheel. I talked to you about the hub of the wheel. And I talked about your purposes last week and how Jesus wasn't the, the, just the top of your task list. List people? Let me see you. Who's the list people? Yes. Task list. How many of you, like you get to the end of the day, if your task list has all checks in the box, you feel good? Yes. If there's, if there's missing boxes that you've checked, you're a little anxious. Let me see. Just a couple of us. I freak out when I can't check all my boxes. <laughs> Just put, put that out there. Jesus isn't an item on your task list. He's the hub of the wheel, and all of your other parts of your life are attached to the hub of the wheel. Does that make sense? Same thing works true with our passions. What, 
What are some of our desires? What are some of our passions? Well, you know, uh, my family could be a spoke, right? You, are you passionate about your family? You ought to be. Your, your sexual desires, is, is, that a, is that a spoke? It, it ought to be. Your, your family, your marriage, your job, your career, your money, are all those spokes of the wheel? Of course they are. And as long as those things are attached to the hub, see that, that outer circle is your life. Your, your life works. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. But here's what happens. It's when one of those desires become detached from the hub of that wheel. Let's, let's pretend that, that one of those spokes is our sexual desires. And it becomes detached from the hub of that wheel. What, what happens when that wheel gets to the point where there's pressure on where that spoke's supposed to be? It's going to collapse, isn't it? Now, my, my question is, what happens when three or four of those spokes get detached? Dwayne, I don't understand why my, why my, my life's falling apart. I don't understand why things aren't working like they're supposed to work. I don't understand why things aren't falling into place like they're supposed to be. Because you've got too much stuff detached from the hub. See, I, I, I've, I've always had a, a, a desire regardless of what my career was, I wanted to, I wanted to succeed. And, and that's a great desire, isn't it? You ought to want to succeed. You ought to want to do well at your, at your employer. But if we detach that from the wheel, then all of a sudden, life's out of balance. You ought to put your family high on your priority list, right? It ought to be a, ought to be a big spoke. But when I detach it from the hub of the wheel, things don't work. The hub of the wheel. So how does that, how does that look? See, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching this to you because I read it in a book. I'm preaching this to you because this is, I've learned this in my own life. That if, if, if I attach any of these other... Oh, I, I don't, I, I'm afraid to say what I'm getting ready to say. Because, you, you know, how many know when you say it here, somebody's going to put it back at you? <laughs> One of the things that I've been talking to the Lord about during, my, during this fast is discipline. And, and people say, Dwayne, you're disciplined. Well, I am. I, I, in fact, there's a large parts of my life that I'm very disciplined. But there's a couple that I'm not. Actually, there's more than a couple, just to be honest. So I'm like, Lord, help me be more disciplined. And that's one of the things, and one of the things that I've asked him to be help me to be disciplined about is the way I eat. Because look at y'all, no, I'm just not, look at y'all, look at me. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing, I, Dwayne likes, I just like it. <laughs> Please tell me I'm not the only one that just, and, and you know, we, we do this fast thing, and how come every commercial Listen, I don't even like Applebee's. And that all-you-can-eat riblet commercial has been on a thousand times in the last two weeks. <laughs> I'm going. So what happens when even that most basic desire, how many know that if we attach that to the hub of the wheel, that God's way works? 
that God has a plan for every part of your life. And it works if we'll attach it to the hub of the wheel. And the hub of the wheel can't be you. The hub of the wheel's got to be Jesus. So when we fall in love with Jesus and we attach... Now listen, you think I'm gonna, that I'm talking to you about walking in perfection, and I'm not. Because listen, all of us have a spoke come loose from time to time. Everybody in this building, present company included. Here's what I want to do with my life. Is, is I want the spokes of my wheel to be attached to the hub of Jesus. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it makes sense to me. And then I want to express my passion for Jesus in, in very real ways. See, how many know everybody in this room has got a love language? Maybe some of y'all have done Gary Chapman's five love languages. Anybody done that? Know what I'm talking about? My wife's love languages are acts of service and quality time. So if, if I were to bring her home a gift... Oh, well, let me let me scratch that. If I were to bring her home a gift that's anything but chocolate, <laughs> it's just not really that big a deal to her. You know, roses. Oh, that's cute. You know, that's nice. But if she comes home and I maybe I've been home on, on this particular day and and done a couple loads of laundry and loaded and unloaded the dishwasher, and got some candles burning when she walks in the house. <laughs> it's a big deal. She, she understands my love language is words of affirmation. And she does that sometimes even when she's praying for me. She's, we were praying the other day, and she said, God, thank you for this man of God. And I went, <laughs> Man, I was just, I was so just, <laughs> You just feel like a man. You know what I'm saying? Just, how many know God's got a love language? Yeah. And so what I'm going to give you today are four Love languages that we express our, devo- our love for God, our passion for God. The first one, we express our passion in our devotion. <laughs> now, when I said devotion, some of you heard the, the you know, little Facebook fo- devotion that you do in the mornings. Or you read somebody else's. It takes you about 45 seconds. And now listen, I, I hope you are doing those things. I hope you do have a devotional life. I, I hope that you are spending time with the Lord in the Word and you're, you know, you've got a devotional book and all the, That's wonderful, but that's not what I'm talking about. I wonder. I, I wonder if, if I express my love, my devotion to my wife, if I saw her in the morning and for about 45 seconds I had a little conversation, gave her a kiss on the cheek, and that was it. For the rest of the day. Till the next morning. Hey baby. Kiss on the cheek. Have a good day. And that was it. How devoted am I to her? How, how devoted does she feel? If that's all it is. You know how I express my devotion to my wife? I express my devotion. Listen. Not with just chocolate, even though I better not go to the store and come home without some. <laughs> just saying. 
You know how I express my devotion to my wife? My faithfulness. I express my devotion to my wife because I, by how I trust her. I express my devotion to my wife by proving myself to be trustworthy in her mind. I express my devotion to my wife with intimacy and time. And I'm going to tell you that we express our devotion to God in the very, very same way. Are you faithful to Him? Do you trust Him with every part of your life? Do you trust Him with your time? Do you trust Him with your money? Do you trust Him with your children? Do you trust Him with your future? Have you proven yourself trustworthy to Him? I love this, the, the story of Job in the Old Testament. Now, it, it's a hard story to read. Some of you have read it. But there's this point where the enemy is talking to God, and God's like, have you considered my servant Job? He'll never deny me. How, how would you love for God to have that kind of trust in you? Have you proven yourself trustworthy? Do you have moments of intimacy with your father, with Jesus? Do you spend time with him? That's what devotion is, y'all. It's more than flipping through a, a devotion book. And those, that, that, that's good. And you need to do that. But it's so much more, y'all. So I express my passion in my devotion i express my passion in my worship i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you about this pattern because i've i've lived through it the very first thing when when we when our love for christ waxes cold When we, when, we've, when we've lost passion in our pursuit of Christ, the very first thing that will go, the very first thing that will happen is it'll be easy to not come to church. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm trying to boost attendance. I'm saying that because I've lived it. It becomes easy to not come to the house of God. Listen, when you fall out of love with your spouse, you don't want to go home. Right? So if that's an indicator, if it's easy to not come to the house, of, if it's easy to not be around God's people, it's a huge red flag. Express my love, my passion to Christ, my devotion, my worship. Oh, by the way, listen. And let me, let me just, I'm not saying when you come in this building that you've got you to worship like anybody else. You know, there's, there's some people here that, that worship God very expressively, and that's beautiful. And there's people here that worship God just as beautifully with their heads bowed and their eyes closed. 
So don't think that your volume is an indicator of the level of your passion. Don't judge somebody else's passion by their lack of volume. Does that make sense? But let's do this. Let's come into the house of God every Sunday and worship. Maybe your worship is loud and demonstrative. Go on. Get after it. Chase Jesus. Maybe your worship is quiet and reserved. That's okay. See, man looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at your heart. In my devotion, in my worship, I express, I, I express my devotion to God in my service. When, when we fall out of love with Jesus... The things that you do for the church or the things you do for the kingdom of God, all of a sudden, there's no joy there anymore. It becomes a chore. Listen, that's, that's not an indicator that the kids are more difficult. It's an indicator. Y'all, and I, I know this sounds so judgmental, and I don't mean it that way. I, but, but I have lived this. Don and I were traveling and, and on a different stage every Sunday for years. And, and, and there toward the end, I've got to be honest with you, every time we took that stage, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to sing. I didn't enjoy it anymore. Was that because the songs weren't as good? Because the church we, that we were at wasn't as, you know, as cool? That the, that, that the music had somehow diminished? No, my heart was cold. And then the last way we express God to God is in our generosity. L- listen, y'all, y'all know me. I don't, I don't stand up here and beat you up about money. But if, if it becomes easy to not go to church, if that's the first indicator, the second one is it becomes easy to, to not be generous. Not just with the church, but with people in general. So, so how do we... How do we get ourselves in the place where we're expressing our passion for God in His language? With our devotion, with our worship, with our service, with our generosity. I'm going to give you a clue. And it stings a little. But if you want to genuinely pursue passion, you've got to eliminate the competition. Here's what 1 John says. Don't love this world or the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. In other words, if something else is the hub of that wheel. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. Isn't that true? Isn't that all? That's all there is. King James says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. A craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions, these are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. 
all of those passions, all of those desires that aren't attached to the hub of that wheel are burning. But anyone, look at that, y'all. Anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I don't, I want to be able to say this with conviction, but I want you to hear my heart. I don't want, I don't want Jesus the hub of that wheel because I have to. Jesus is the hub of the wheel because I get to put him in the center because I'm in love with him. So you have to ask this question. What competes for your affections? What's that? And it, it probably falls in one of those three categories. Something that, that pleases your, your flesh, something that's good to the eye, something about the pride of life what are those things that compete for the affection and the passion that belongs to god and, and listen we could we could go around our room and we could we could identify a whole lot of spokes couldn't we but only only you know what it is for you only you know what competes with jesus for your affections and passions. Let, let me just let you in a little clue. Jesus is not going to compete with anything. Yeah. He's king. He's Lord. Yeah. So if you've got something that's competing, you've got something, you've got an affection, you've got a passion, you've got an addiction, you've got a habit, you've got a habitual sin, that we keep coming back to over and over and over again. That's competing with your passion for Christ. You've got two options. Only two. The first one is you get that attached to the hub. The second one, you throw it away. Dwayne. How can, how can you say that? This is how God made me. No. Sometimes we, we see Jesus as this very passive, low-key, humble carpenter. And he was. But there were times when he wasn't. There were times when with fire in his voice he looked at those that he, that he loved and he got very stern with them here's what he said if your eye offends you pluck it out if your hand offends you cut it off if there's something in your life that's separating you from the hub of the wheel who is christ jesus throw it away if it's your computer, throw it away. I can't live without it. Then that's the hub of your wheel. If it's your iPhone, they still sell flip phones that can't get the internet. If, if, if that's the stumbling block for you, throw it away. It's not worth it. you got two choices with those attentions and affections and passions. You either attach them to the hub or you throw them to burn. 
I guess are you right with God? Are there things in your life that don't belong? Then please listen to me this morning. We don't have time. We shouldn't be so inclined to play games with our forever. Now listen, you guys know me, and I'm a grace fanatic. And I, I, I'm a mercy merchant. I love the grace and mercy of God that washed over us, and not a soul in this building or watching this online has done anything to deserve the grace and mercy and forgiveness of Christ. But can I tell you, and you don't hear this a lot anymore, but when you've been forgiven and you've been washed in His blood, you've been saved of your sin, <laughs> I'm obliged to become more like Him day after day after day. And if I'm going in the opposite direction, something is wrong, y'all. So I'm, I'm imploring you today to answer that question. Are you right with God? Is there, is there something in your life that doesn't belong? Or if there's something that does belong in your life that's not there. I would challenge you not to leave this room. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not that preacher guy that's, that's going to try to scare everybody out of hell and into heaven. But I am going to tell you. Last night, Los Angeles, California. You haven't even heard about this yet because it happened in the middle of the night. Los Angeles, California. They're, what, four hours behind us. Guy walks into a nightclub, kills 10 people, puts 10 more in the hospital. Our world's gone crazy, y'all. Are you right with God? Before you can follow Him with passion. Before, he can, before you can pursue His purpose for your life. Get right with God. There's nothing. There's no affection. There's no passion. There's no affection. that even come close to comparing those things that Christ has for you in this life. It's frustrating to feel something so heavy on your heart and not to feel like you have the right words to say it. So please just hear me. You're watching this online. You're in this room. And I talk about pursuing Christ with passion and it just rolls off your ears because it's just, you're apathetic toward the things of God. Get right with God. Fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. 
Learn what He's done for you. There is no life like the abundant life that only Jesus offers. Donna, come on. Oh, my heart's heavy, y'all. Because here's what's got to happen. We got to get this settled. We got to get this settled now. Not not just for your sake. And, and And it is for your sake and my sake. We have to get this settled. But I'm telling you that there's a community, there's a, there's a county, there's a town, there's a state, there's a country, there's a world that has grown tired of powerless, lifeless religion. And it needs to see some people who are full of the love and power of God that walks into our communities, not with a judgmental finger, but with the passion of Christ that burns in their soul in such a way that people see it and go, i got to have what they have. Why? (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because your passion for God pales in comparison to His passion for you. You've heard this passage all your life. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting and eternal life. See, to me, the most powerful word, one of the most powerful words in that phrase is so. God so, He didn't just love you. He so loved you. So much. He gave everything He had. So I think that there's, I I think there's a few different people represented here today. Some of you here and you say, Dwayne, I, I love the Lord, but I'm not pursuing Him with passion. I, I love the Lord, but things have just gotten cold. See, I believe that the Holy Spirit is big enough and powerful enough to reignite the flame of love that's in your heart. For Jesus. And I believe he can do that this morning. Maybe here and you say, Dwayne, man, I'm I'm saved. But I'm cold. There's no joy in my worship. There's no joy in my devotion. Going through the motions. Or maybe you're here. Dwayne. There's stuff in my life that don't belong. I've got an affection. I've got a passion that's competing with my love for Jesus. And you already know what it is. So I just challenge you to bow your head. Close your eyes.
passion is dimmed. Your love's grown cold. There's an affection that's competing with your love for Christ. But nobody looking around. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand in the air. you stand your feet all across this room we're going to pray together and if that was you I want Jesus to be the center I want him to be the hub of my wheel that's the prayer I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you say, Dwayne, I, I, I couldn't raise my hand. I just, I, I get it. I've been there too. God knows your heart. So let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name. God, as a church, we want to pursue you with passion this year. More than ever before. Lord, the enemy at times would, because his job is to steal and kill and destroy. Lord, he distracts and he defeats. God, today we collectively and individually make Jesus the hub of our wheel, the wheel of our life. We want him to be center of every purpose and every passion. So God, in all of us, if there's competing affections, things that would draw us, distract us from a passionate pursuit of Christ Jesus. God, we cast them aside. Are we attached them to you? Holy Spirit, would you do a work in the hearts of men and women in this room? We want to seek you with all of our heart. We want to love you with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. We want to know you. We want to know Christ and him crucified, risen again. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do a work that only you can do today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are you, Lord? Come on, sing. It's your bread.
lift your voice. It's your breath. It's your breath <laughs> in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Come on with your voice, great, great are you, Lord. One last time. Thank you, Jesus. Great are him an ovation of praise for his goodness, his grace, his mercy. Love you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you so much.